Welcome to Mayo Clinic Q&A. I'm Dr. Helena Gazelka. We're here recording this podcast on April 8, 2020. I have the pleasure again of having with me Dr. Greg Poland. Dr. Poland's an infectious disease expert, as well as uh, being a vi virologist and vaccine expert here at the Mayo Clinic. Thanks for being here, Dr. Poland. So good to be here. So glad to have you. You know, this has been a really somber week in terms of the COVID-19 pandemic. We've been hearing over and over that this could be the deadliest week ever for the United States in terms of this pandemic. Could you give us an update? Yeah, Helena, I think you're right that the, the numbers and the trend are leading th uh, that way. We are now just below one and a half million cases worldwide with 83,000 deaths. And in the U.S., we've now passed 400,000 cases with about 13,000 deaths. And yet there are some hopeful signs. There has been a, a bit of a plateau in New York City, which has really been an epicenter uh, of the pandemic in the U.S. Now it's, it's starting to spread to other areas, but it does show that with uh, the kinds of social distancing and other public health maneuvers, that it, it takes a little while, but it actually does work. And it's a powerful thing to do in terms of controlling this virus and its spread. So in spite of telling us this could be a very deadly week, we've also heard from the CDC that the numbers may not be as high here in the United States as was anticipated. How do you explain that? Yeah, you're, you're very right. You know, the initial projections called for somewhere between 200,000 to as many as about 1.7 million deaths. And I've looked at those same numbers. I've looked at the uh, kinetics of transmission uh, with this virus and its reproductive number. As I said, in, in the US, we're at about 13,000 deaths. I don't see us getting even to that bottom number. I see us being more perhaps in the 50,000 deaths range, which, which is bad enough. But you know, again, to put that into perspective, we've had about 30,000 Americans die of influenza this flu season. So while this is worse, if you will, than, than flu or than influenza, and certainly causes more in the way of, of, of severe disease and, and death, is controllable by the kinds of maneuvers we've talked about all along. This week, we heard that a tiger in the Bronx Zoo was infected with COVID-19 after coming in contact with a zookeeper. How does that happen and what does it mean for people and their pets? Yeah, you know, we, we don't know a lot of details other than the zookeeper was ill, the tiger got it, then spread it to some other tigers and, and a lion. I don't know if that means when they say it tested positive, was it positive for SARS-CoV-2? That's quite possible. We know that in the laboratory, you can spread this virus to ferrets and to cats. That has not been seen with dogs. And I should hasten to say that cats and dogs trade their own coronaviruses that don't move to humans. Um, so, so there's some uncertainty around that uh, case. Now, uh, the CDC, in response to that, and, and actually beforehand, made the recommendation, again, out of an abundance of, of caution, to say that if you or somebody in your household is ill with uh, COVID-19, that you should not have contact with your pet. Now, there is no indication that I am aware of, of a pet spreading it to a human. So we don't have to worry in that, in that direction. And I think that this is uh, going to turn out to be something very rare and uncommon. Let's turn to another topic, vaccines. 
Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we'd like to be able to prevent future infections with COVID-19. Can you tell us where we are in terms of uh, developing a vaccine? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that a lot of groups now are getting involved in terms of vaccine development, our own group uh, here at Mayo Clinic. But there are some 60 vaccine candidates, 60 vaccine candidates that are, that are being bandied about. There's only one actually in phase one clinical trials here in the U.S., and this is actually the start of the fourth week of that trial. They will enroll a total of 45 uh, individuals. And then we hope that within the next few weeks to a month, we'll have the data from that trial and the determination whether to take that into phase two testing. Everybody else is not yet at the phase one mark. Practically for us, when does that mean we might have a vaccine? Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough question. I, I think an optimistic, and I'm going to say very optimistic, milestone might be in the 18 to 24 month time period. Wow, so that's a ways off. It really, yeah. it really is. And I think what that means, and, and you're seeing it at Mayo Clinic and at other uh, leading medical institutions, you're seeing bridge therapies develop. So for example, uh, I think another piece of very good news is that Mayo Clinic was named the National Coordinating Center for Plasma-Derived Therapies. What that means is that once somebody recovers from this infection, we can take their blood, harvest the plasma, which is enriched with antibodies against COVID-19, and then use that as a therapy for people who might have more severe disease. So that's something we can be doing immediately. Following with that will be the development and continued clinical trials of antivirals. And then I think lingering farther out from there, vaccine development. So a lot of amazing things going on. And you know, when you're really right, I, I, I mentioned it before and I, I, I never cease to be amazed. This canvas that we call COVID-19 was blank 13 weeks ago. There were no dots on the canvas at all. And when you think of what collaboratively, internationally has happened in terms of the generation of new knowledge, it's, it's astounding in just 12 weeks. Greg, a little birdie told me that you have some tips for staying well and uh, feeling better during COVID. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of developed it uh, because today actually is the 100th day since WHO was notified about this cluster of unidentified and unusual uh, pneumonia cases in Wuhan, China. So, so I thought of, you know, okay, it's been 100 days and we might have another 100 days in front of us. It's hard to know. So what can people do at this midpoint, let's call it? And some of these are kind of obvious, but I thought I'd, I'd speak to 10 things that collectively there's good evidence to support their value. Number one, a media fast. And what I mean by that is I don't think it's good, and the data would, su would suggest it's not good to sit in front of the TV all day. You know, we're at home, we're teleworking, we're going to school from, from a distance. You know, pay attention to the news, maybe 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening or something, but then do something else. The other thing is eat right. The tendency is gonna be to reach for snack foods, to reach for uh, easy, quick, uh, processed foods to prepare. So this is an opportunity to take time. My wife and I cook together. Well, she does the cooking, I do the eating. 
Um, don't forget about sleep. This is a stressful time for people. And eating right, sleeping, and the next one, exercise, are really things that we know improve your immune system. And you want to be as healthy as you can be. Number five would be to connect with others. We are social creatures. We're meant to be in community with one another. That may have to be uh, using technology as we're doing. It might be a phone call. It might be a Google Hangout or Facebook. But, but connect with people. Number six sounds easy to say. It's a little harder to practice. And that is, even in the midst of this trial, gratitude and positive thinking go a long way. My daughter actually keeps a gratitude journal and, and tries to keep a healthy perspective. Number seven is faith. Whatever your spiritual beliefs, faith turns out to be a big driver of well-being when people are stressed and, un, and in fearful and uncertain conditions. Number eight is to have routines and to build fun into that. Routines turn out to be very important in human behavior. Number nine is help somebody else. It might be a neighbor uh, where, where you have to go shopping or deliver something. Maybe you can help your neighbor so that you don't have two people going out, just one. And then the last thing is embark on learning something new. There's a lot of people stuck at home, if you will. This would be a fabulous time, particularly as a family, to say, let's, let's learn something important together. Let's learn something that we'll use the rest of our lives. This is a wonderful opportunity to do so. Well, those are great. I think it's um, especially thought-provoking that it's Easter, which is an important holiday mm -hmm. for many religious um, individuals and it has yeah. been in the United States. And that's sort of the promise and hope of new life or of spring. And so what a good time to be, to be thinking that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, again, you know, regardless of your, of your faith belief, believing in something bigger than your circumstances is really important. You know, for us at Mayo Clinic, it's, it's, our, it's not only our, our families and our personal beliefs, but our work belief, right? We all know these same seven words, the needs of the patient come first. And we coalesce around that because we believe in, in that bigger thing called Mayo Clinic. And then the next thing is what, what are your community beliefs and then your spiritual beliefs? I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a rock to kind of hold on to during these fearful and uncertain times. And it's great, very helpful. And don't just watch Netflix, right? Don't just watch Netflix. Thank you so much, Greg, for being with us today on Q&A. Uh, we appreciate your time and look forward to chatting again. Thank you. Be safe. Mayo Clinic Q&A is a production of the Mayo Clinic News Network and is available wherever you get and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. To see a list of all Mayo Clinic podcasts, visit newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org. Then click on podcasts. Thanks for listening and be well. We hope you'll offer a review of this and other episodes when the option is available. Comments and questions can also be sent to Mayo Clinic News Network at mayo.edu.